Grace, mercy, and peace be unto us from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which engages us this morning is actually printed right across the top of the front of the bulletin, where Peter writes, You were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. Thus far the text. That's what Peter tells his readers, and to try to figure out what Peter is trying to say there, what does it mean for something to be futile? Well, according to the dictionary I consulted, when something is futile, it is incapable of producing a good result. Incapable of producing a good result. Now, what would be some examples of futility? Well, if I played golf every day for the rest of my life in an effort to make the PGA Tour, that would be futile. <laughs> Trust me. Or if I played baseball every day for the rest of my life in order to try and make the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team, that would be futile also. And up until last year, if you were rooting for the Cubs to win the World Series, <laughs> incapable of producing a good result. Well, as in Peter's day, so also today. There are people who live, are living lives that could best, in terms of their relationship with God, be called rather futile. For example, there are people living lives thinking, I'm going to live the very best life that I possibly can, and when my life is over, God is going to be so impressed that he's going to grant me eternal life. And if you ask them, they will say, I'm trying to live a life better than most people. And a lot of people buy into this. At a funeral home, I once heard someone say, talking about the deceased, if anyone deserves heaven, they do. Really. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, you therefore must be perfect, not better than most, perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. In another place he said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, some of the most self-righteous people on the face of the earth at that time, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Or in another place, the writer to the Hebrews says, without faith it is impossible to please God. In other words, without faith in Jesus Christ, it is futile, incapable of producing a good result. There are some other people you might run into today who are living a futile life believing that it really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere. They will say salvation is like the summit at the top of a mountain, and we're all just taking different pathways to get there. It really doesn't matter what path you are on, as long as you are dedicated and disciplined and sincere. Well, really, even our own lives around us would tell us that that doesn't sound quite right. For example, if I have a certain medical condition, I can be very sincere in taking my medicine, very disciplined in taking my medicine, but it's not just any medicine. It's the medicine that's designed exactly for that medical condition. 
Or if I'm changing the oil on my car, I can be very sincere about putting peanut oil into my engine, but I'm still going to have a ruined engine. Even our life around us would tend to tell us that this any path, anything goes type of approach to God just doesn't make sense. And if it were true that any path could lead to the top of that mountain, then why would God have gone through everything he did in the sending of his own son? And why would his son have endured all that if it really weren't necessary? As Jesus said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, it's futile any other way. Any other way is incapable of producing a good result. And still there are other people you'll run into today who are living a life of futility similar to that which Chris Carpenter, the former ace pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, was living for a while. In a recent video that came out, Chris admitted that he had been raised in a Christian family. But when he became a professional baseball player, he, quoting him, lost all of that. And suddenly it was about all of the money, all the contracts, all the cars, unfortunately all of the alcohol, and all of the partying. In spite of the fact that Adam Wainwright would consistently invite him to chapel services on Sunday mornings at, Cardinal, at Bush Stadium and other stadiums, he would always politely decline. Until one night, when he, after he had heard a Christian speaker at a charity golf tournament that Adam Wainwright had invited him to, and decided after hearing that speaker that he was going to go out with some friends and apparently had way too much to drink, found himself out in the middle of nowhere in the darkness, not knowing how he got there, where he was, or how he was going to get back with a cell phone that was dead. That's kind of a good image, isn't it? Kind of a good way of picturing people who live in that sort of lifestyle. Eventually, in the dark, unsure how they got there, unsure about the way back. But Peter tells us in our lesson for today that we have been ransomed from futility. To say that we have been ransomed means we have been purchased. We have been bought back by God. And Peter tells us that God didn't do this with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like a lamb without blemish or spot. Now to say that Christ was like a lamb without blemish or spot is to say that he had no sin. He was not just better than most, he was perfect. He was the perfection that God demands. And as such, he was able to offer his perfect sinless life as payment in full for not only all of our sins here this morning, but for all sin and all evil in the world. And a resurrected Christ means that the Father has accepted the payment of Christ as payment in full for all of our sins and for the sins of the world. There's nothing more to be done or rendered or paid by him or us 
or anyone else. And for us, and for all Christians, a resurrected Christ means that life is no longer just a futile march onto the grave. It means for us and all Christians that the grave is not a dead end. It means for us and all Christians that not only will we rise and live once again, but so will all Christians who have gone before us and all Christians who will come after us. It's very simple. Because he lives, we too will live. His living is proof positive that we have been ransomed from the futility of life. And you can see what a difference the risen Christ makes in our gospel lesson for today. Those two travelers on the road to Emmaus Easter afternoon, talking amongst themselves as to what had happened, probably thinking that their faith in Jesus Christ was pretty futile, pretty useless at that point. Thinking that he was going to do great things for them, maybe set up an earthly kingdom here, but he was crucified. Oh, there was talk amongst the women that he had risen from the dead. But for the most part, these two travelers seem to be pretty hopeless, wondering what's the point. It all seems so useless. But when they recognized the risen Christ, when they recognized that the one right there with them was the one that throughout the entire Old Testament, as he had explained to them, pointed to him and identified him as the fulfillment of all of those prophecies in the Old Testament, when they recognized him as the Messiah, the Savior that God had sent, the risen Lord, their hearts changed from futility to hope and excitement. And they made their way back to Jerusalem as fast as they possibly could and found the same thing that happened with the disciples. Their hearts also had changed from futility to hope and happiness. Well, back to Chris Carpenter for a moment. Out there in the dark, all by himself, not knowing how he got there, not knowing the way back to where he needed to go, he cried out to God to help him and save him. And about 15 minutes later, a taxi cab just happened to come by with a man and a woman and a dog in it. And they stopped and they gave him a ride. So there he was in the back of the cab with the dog going back to where he needed to go. And in the video he says, that from that moment on, he couldn't understand how people could say that there is no God. And from this point on in his life, all he wants to do is love God as much as he knows God loves him. And at this point, God is the most important thing in his life. Chris Carpenter found out what you and I already know. We have been ransomed from a life of futility. Life is no longer meaningless. It's not just the weekly chasing of a paycheck. It's not just seeing how much we can accumulate and accomplish in this world. For we now no longer live for ourselves, but as people who have been freed from death and sin, we live for the one who redeemed us, who ransomed us from eternal futility. And what an amazing new perspective and meaning and purpose that brings to our lives. 
Just think of the different vocations, the different callings, the different responsibilities that we all have. So varied in this room. Fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, husbands, wives, brothers and sisters. And that's just within our own family. Think of expanding out from there to our daily vocations, the many different responsibilities we have there, all opportunities for us to serve God and serve our neighbor. How can I best serve God and my neighbor tomorrow? I can't answer that question for you, but it's a wonderful question to ask, isn't it? It can only be asked by those of us who have been freed from futility. Amen.